be glad in it. Glory be to God. I don't know about you, but man, <laughs> the Lord is good all the time. The Lord is good all the time. <laughs> no matter what the people say, no matter what your feelings say, no matter what the devil says, the Lord will never change. Jesus is the same today, yesterday and forever. So your life into Jesus Christ, he'll pour you out a blessing. Man, I tell you what, if there were the Lord is good all the time, even though situations and circumstances are not always good, God is always good. Jesus is always good. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father above in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Speak the name of Jesus. Jesus, you alone, there's power in your name. There's healing in their name. There's life in your name, in the name of Jesus. If you are, if we're going to pray for those who are experiencing symptoms in their body right now, you know, people have been, more people are being diagnosed lately with uh, COVID-like symptoms. Some people are being diagnosed with COVID, but it's more like a flu. But we're going to pray for you right now in the name of Father, right now in the name of Jesus. You said in your word that by Jesus' stripes, we're healed from the crown of our heads to the very soles of our feet. But Jesus took 39 stripes plus one in accordance with Isaiah 53 and 5, we declare that by Jesus' stripes, you're healed from the crown of your head to the very soles of your feet. We speak to every virus, every symptom, every, every infirmity is trying to attach itself to your body. We break its power over you right now in the name of Jesus. Body, we command you to be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Now receive your healing right now. Just stretch out your hands and receive your healing, right? Receive your healing right now from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet as the warm oil, the anointing is flowing, flowing from the crown of your head down to your shoulders, down to your torso right now in the, in your abdominal area right now, healing, 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 healing down into your extremities, healing, healing, wholeness, not only just healing, but wholeness wholeness and when you sleep tonight your sleep shall be sweet uninterrupted and undisturbed in the name of jesus we declare it and decree it to be so now in jesus name amen and glory be to god well glory to god my name is apostle milton jones i want to welcome you welcome you to ignite depot glory to god where i go every single time is to represent god and ignite in life purpose and identity within a generation in the name of jesus if you need a word we have a life giving life-changing word in store for you this evening not only this evening but every evening in the name of jesus uh, every saturday evening at 5 p.m in jesus name glory be to god he's in the house and he's ready to heal he says he's in the house and he's ready to heal he's ready to restore he's ready to set free he's ready to make whole right now and all you got to do is stretch for stretch out your faith right now and say i believe i receive a rhema word i believe i receive a spoken word i believe i receive a right now word in jesus name man we're in that season right now where there's an outpouring of the holy spirit we're in a season right now where there's miracle signs and wonders we're in a season right now where there's demonstration of spirit of power signs and wonders in the name of jesus if you're ready for it say amen i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready like from the words of T.D. Jakes, what he would say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get, 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 get ready in the name of Jesus, because God is going to come in and there is, there's about to be an encounter. You're having a Holy Ghost encounter, a kingdom encounter, a kingdom dominion encounter right now in the name of Jesus. I'm going to make this declaration. We're going to pray. We're going to jump right in to this new series we're starting tonight. In the name of Jesus, glory to God. In accordance to Isaiah 61 and 1, this is what the Lord has had me to declare. Every time I get up and minister, he says, every time, regardless of whether it's in a meeting, whether you're in your house, whether you're in the Bible study, whether you're teaching a class, this is the declaration that I want you to make every single time. So this is what we do. And it's what it says. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me 
because he has anointed me. Glory to God. See, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord is the one who has, has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and to open the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, and to appoint unto them the morning Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father God in heaven, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, to you alone we give the glory, the honor, and praise that is due your name. Father, this is the day which you have made. We will rejoice, and we will be exceedingly glad in it. Now, Father God, I pray right now that our preaching and teaching would not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be in demonstration of spirit and power that the faith of the people lie not in the wisdom of men, but in the power, the miracle work and power of God. Holy Spirit, you're already here. Continue to move up and down each and every aisle. Touch each and every person. Minister to each and every household. Minister to each and every person watching it online. Minister to each and every person who will listen to it by way of podcast. All of you, I decrease that you may increase. 100% of you, 100% of you, 100% of you. Let give them ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts are ready and ready to receive the engrafted word of God. They will ultimately change your life forever. Wherever mindful of you and covenant with you to give you alone the glory, the honor, and praise that's due your name in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 When you say amen, you what you're you're coming in agreement and you're saying so be it. Now, glory to God. Hallelujah. I said we're going to be starting a new series. And the title of this new series, I believe it's a two-week series, is called Life After the Cross life after the cross glory to god say it with life after the cross life after the cross because guess what there's life after the cross even after the day after the day that jesus went to the cross he laid it he went down to hell took back the keys of death hell in the grave was resurrected on resurrected laid the blood down on the mercy seat and guess what he did he not only just came back and gave life but he gave life in abundance to the full and to the overflow but he also gave the body of christ believers authority to operate in the earth and I, we're going to start it off last week we talked about if you, if you didn't catch the message last week i encourage you to go back and watch the message or listen to the message from last week called mission accomplished talking about what it is that jesus did when he went to the cross now not only when he went to the cross but when he was resurrected from the cross and it was interesting because we have a bible school kingdom dominion bible school on thursdays and what the Lord gave this word before we even got into the class, even before we ever got in, yeah, before we class ever started. And he asked this question. He said this, he says, if your life after the cross isn't different than before the cross, something is wrong. Let me say this to you again. If your life after you came to the cross in other words, as you came, surrendered your life to Christ, is it different than it was before you came to the cross? Something is wrong. Now, pause and think about that for a second. Many people have come and they've, they say they pray the prayer and, and, and they said they surrendered their life and they turned from their old ways and they're no longer living the way that they used to. But if you look at their life, if you look at their decisions, if you're looking at the outcomes in their families, if you're looking at things that's going on around them, their life doesn't look any that much different than it looked before they came to Jesus. The only difference is now is they come to a place called church every week. He says, if your life isn't any different than before you came to the cross, before you came and surrendered your life, something is wrong. But we can, we can help you get that right today. 
We're gonna help you get you back, get you back on the right track today. If something, if your life isn't any different, and when we, the further we get into, you're gonna understand why, and, and possibly we'll get into it tonight. Why so many people's lives, even though they go to church every Sunday, even though they say they surrender their life to the Lord, why does your life still look the same now? Why are you still making the same decisions? Why are you having the same reactions that you had before? after you went to the cross than uh, before you went to the cross. Well, you know, the thing about God is he's so awesome. He says in Isaiah 46 and 10, he says this, and I'm reading out of Amplified. He says, God declares, he's declaring the ending from ending and the result from the beginning. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure and purpose. God says, I declare the end from the very beginning. So what are we gonna do? We're gonna declare the end result from the very beginning. Now, if you have, if you went through last week and, and you heard, man, I was listening to different messages and different pastors around the country, around the world, actually preaching about, you know, Jesus and he went to the cross and, and he laid his life down and, and he went down to hell and, and he laid, and he, he laid his blood on the mercy seat and he resurrected on early Sunday morning. And, 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 and people are excited about that. And, and people believe that. In fact, the whole uh, premises of, of, of being a believer is the fact that you believe that he, he lived, he died, and he was resurrected again on the third day. Mm -hmm. If you don't believe that, you are, it, it will make it impossible for you to be a follower of Jesus. Jesus was not just a great man. Jesus was not just a good prophet. Jesus came, gave, he lived, he gave his life. He was resurrected on the third day. He was seated at the right hand of the Father right now, ever making intercessions for you and me right now. That's the whole premise of being a believer. See, the thing about it is other people who have came, they lived, they died, and they never resurrected. Muhammad never resurrected. Harry, Harry Krishna never resurrected. Jim uh, uh, um they never resurrected. Why? There's only one who's ever resurrected. There's only one who's, who came, lived today, and his name is Jesus. Now, the thing about that is, is when you listen to all those messages last week, and it sounded great, it, you know, Jesus came and he paid a sin, he paid a debt for my sin, and my sins are washed away, and, and he, and for the remission of sin, not that he covered my sins, but he washed away my sins, and if that's where you stop, then you miss the whole point. Yes, Jesus came. Yes, Jesus died. Yes, he was resurrected. Yes, he shed his blood for the remission of your sins. But that was not the only thing he did when he came to, to the earth. He came as a living epistle. He came. The thing about it is this, he came, he lived, he resurrected, he laid his, his life down, he laid the blood down on the mercy seat, and every time the Father sees you, before the Father sees you, he sees the blood of Jesus. Before the Father sees you, he sees the blood, and he sees you washed, he sees you cleansed, and he's, he's no longer looking at your sin. He chose to forget or not hold your sins against you. He got, the father made a decision not to hold your sins against you. But if you stop there, then you miss the whole point. Now, I'm gonna take you to what we call the kingdom of God benefit package. There's a benefit package that can with being a, a member or a citizen of the kingdom of God. See, in the kingdom of God, you are not a member. In the kingdom of God, you are a citizen. In church, in religion, you are a member, but in the kingdom of God, you are a citizen. 
as a citizen of the kingdom of God, let me tell you some of the benefits that came along with Jesus going to the cross that came that was made available to you after the cross. It says this in, in Psalms 103 and 1. It says, David is saying this, hundreds of years before Jesus has ever even been on the scene. It says, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity. So what does the Lord do? He forget. One of the benefits is he forgives all your iniquities. Another one of those benefits in that benefit package is he heals all your diseases. So not only did Jesus, was he, did he, with this benefit package, was he coming to forgive you of all your iniquities, but he's also going to heal you of all your diseases. What's left after the word all? Nothing. All diseases will be healed. So if somebody says God is going to put this disease on you because he's going to try to teach you something, the problem with that statement is this, where is he going to get it from if he's already healed you from all diseases? It also says that he has redeemed your life from destruction. He does what? He redeems your life from destruction. You might've been going on one way. He says, I have another way for you. I've come to redeem or purchase back your life from going the way of destruction. It also says that he crowns you with love and kindness and tender mercy. So what do you say? Love and kindness and tender mercy? He says, yes, I've already crowned those things upon you. He also goes on and says, he says, I satisfy your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So all these things are in a benefit package and all these things came as part of life after the cross. He made it available to everyone, but everybody won't come and receive. Everybody won't become citizens of the kingdom of God, not because he has not already made it available to you, but you have a free will and he won't violate your will. He won't violate your choices. He won't go against it, even if he knows, even if he knows that it's going to be to your good, because every, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. So we found out so far that he, one the benefits are he's forgiven us of all of our iniquities. He's healed us from all our diseases. He's redeemed our lives from destruction. He's crowned us with loving kindness and tender mercies. And he satisfied our mouth with good things. And our youth is renewed like the eagles daily. He also goes on and says, the Lord, he executes righteousness, right standing with us and justice for all who are oppressed. The Lord is merciful, are compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercies. All those are benefits that are made available to you after the cross. Life after the cross is all these benefits, all these benefits from the benefit package are made available to you. All you have to do is reach out and read Receive it. Forgiveness is already made available to you. You you mess up after you, after you come to the cross. Father, I acknowledge what it is I did, and I re, I, I receive the forgiveness that's already been made available to me. Father, I, sickness and disease is trying to plague my body. I receive the healing that's already been made available to me. Father, there's destruction that's trying to come all around my life. Father, I receive the redemption from destruction. Father, I need your love and kindness and tender mercies. Father, I receive what it is that's already been made available to me. Father, you said you satisfied my mouth with good things and my youth is renewed like the eagles. Father, I receive it. What happens is even though, just like when you work for a company, that one of the, if they have a benefit plan, the first thing they give you is the manual and you have to read through that manual to find out what are the benefits that come with this job it's the same thing in the kingdom you know as as a as a as a uh, someone who's immigrated and someone people who have become permanent residents are immigrated into into the nation of Canada guess what you go through a process and when you go through that process after you go through that process as soon as you become a 
resident or you become a citizen of that nation. You know, one of the first things they hand to you is a benefit pack and tell you now that you are a citizen or permanent resident of this nation, these are the benefits that have been made available to you. There's life after the cross. There's life after the cross. There's life after the cross. And I wanna tell you, if there was some way to sum it up, I'm gonna tell you life after the cross, this is the, this is the simplest but the clearest picture of what life was after the cross. God says it's the ultimate makeover. He gave you the ultimate makeover. How do you know that? Turn with me over to Jeremiah chapter 18, verse one. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse one, still talking about life after the cross. There is life after the cross. Even after you came to the cross, there's life, there's benefits available to you after the cross. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse one reads as follows, says this, I'm reading out the King, New King James Version. It says this, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I will cause you to hear my words. Then Jeremiah, he said, I went down to the potter's house. And there he was, the potter was, making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in his hand of the potter. So what did the potter do? So he made it again into another vessel. Everybody say another vessel. He was made, he made another vessel. He made another vessel that as it seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came and said this, O house of Israel, or O Becky, or O Mary, or O John, or O Bob, or O Canada, or O USA, or O Israel, or O uh, Australia, can I not do with you as this potter? says the Lord, look as the potter is, is the clay is in the potter's hands, so are you in my hands. God says, you was like clay and, and, and you were marred. And he says, hey, I want to make you into another vessel that seems good, that seems pleasing, that seems right. And no matter what it is you've already done, I have an opportunity to make you a, make you anew, to make you fresh, to make you into another vessel. Will you not allow me to, to give you the ultimate makeover. When Jesus went to the cross, what did he see when he went to the cross? When he went to the cross, he seen every sin, every iniquity, every transgression, every sickness, and every disease was all nailed to the cross with him. And every failure, every disappointment, every letdown, every broken heart, every wounded person, every misguided person, every abused person, every violated person, all that was nailed to his cross and every sin, past, present, and future was nailed to his sin, nailed to the cross just for you, just for me, so that God would have an opportunity to give you the ultimate makeover. And all you have to do is receive it. All you have to do is receive it. But you say, well, what does that have to do with life after the cross because if you don't believe that that's what he did for you and what he did for me when he went to the cross and laid his life down on on the on the cross and laid his life down and and died and was resurrected and now sits at the right hand of the father then you're missing part of why he came the cross was a method of redemption but i'm going to share with you what was the ultimate mission for Jesus coming in the first place. And you will understand when we get in, as we get into it, why, even after you've given your life to the Lord, why does it seem like your life still resembles a lot of the same things? See, Jesus, if this is the greatest way to sum it up. John 10, 10 says this, the, the thief talking about the adversary, he only comes to do three things. He comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. So every, anything, anytime you see in your life that there's stealing, there's killing, or destruction, you can be assured that the adversary has his hand in there 
somewhere, whether it's by suggestion, sending suggestion, or by pressing or by possession, someone that caused them to bring hurt, harm, or danger, evil, destruction, and a plague to your life. But Jesus says, but I came. My mission for coming is that I may, that, that you may have life, the God kind of life, and to enjoy your life, and that you might have that life in abundance to the full until it overflows. What kind of life that is? The God kind of life, eternal life, the life like God, like in on to have life on earth, just like it is in heaven. Because you got to understand when the thief comes to steal, he's coming to try to steal your identity that he may be able to kill your purpose and he might ultimately end up destroying your life. But Jesus says, but I came. I came that you might have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. He says, I'm so committed to what it is I'm doing for you. He says, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd risk and lays down his own life for the sheep. So Jesus not only said, I came to give you life. He says, but I'm willing to lay down my life that you might have life in abundance to the full till it overflows that you might have eternal life the God kind of life. In other words, Jesus came to restore back to you life as it was before sin ever happened. See, remember when, when he went to the cross and shed his blood, it was to wash away sin, not to cover your sin, but to wash away the sin. And because he's washed away the sin and he's restored this life back to you, now you could operate in earth just like it is in heaven just like Adam and Eve did before sin happened in the garden. How do you know that? Turn with me over to Isaiah chapter nine in the name of Jesus. Still talking about life after the cross. There's life after the cross. Even after you get born again, there's new life after the cross. And it is supposed to be so much better and so much greater and so much uh much uh, uh, larger than you could ever imagine after you come to the cross. And I'm gonna share with you why. Because see, remember Jesus came to give you life, not only give you life, but you might have enjoy your life and live it in abundance to the full until it overflows. How did he restore life back to you? Isaiah chapter nine and verse six says this, I'm reading out an Amplified. It says this, it says, for unto us a child is born. Who is that? Jesus. And unto us a son was given. Who is that? Christ. And the government or the kingdom shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government or the increase of his kingdom and of peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from the latter time forth, even forevermore. So what is Jesus going to do when he comes? He's going to establish the kingdom of God. He's going to establish it. He's going to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. So when he went to the cross, not only did he pay the sin debt for your sins and my sin, not only did he, he took every 39 stripes plus one for every sickness and disease, but ultimately what he did is he came to restore the kingdom of God. He came to reestablish the kingdom of God operating in earth. And now you as one who has come to the cross and you believe that what it is that Jesus did for you on the cross, now you have become a citizen in the kingdom of God. Not a, it's merely a member in somebody's church, but you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And now you can operate on earth just like it is in heaven, because that's what he came to restore back to you, back to me, back into the earth. God's operation system. That's what the kingdom of God is. When Jesus came to establish it and to uphold the kingdom of God, he came to reestablish God's way of doing things, his nature, his culture, his lifestyle in the earth, just like it is in heaven. He restored back to us life, just like it was before Adam and Eve 
sinned in the garden. So why, if that's the case, why doesn't your life look any different? Why does it seem like you're making decisions the same way you did before? He says, that's easy. He says, because you must renew your mind. If you don't renew your mind to God's way of doing things, if you don't renew your mind and take on the kingdom of God mindset, even though you are born again, even though you are a citizen in the kingdom of God, you will still make decisions. You will still operate. You will still respond the exact same way you did before you went to the cross. In fact, it says this in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, do not, Paul's writing, he says to the Rome, church at Rome, do not be conformed or fashioned after this world. Now, that world, word world there is cosmos, which means governing system. Do not be conformed to this, this the cosmos of this government system or the cosmos, the government system that's in the earth. You have two, two government systems in the earth now. You have the kingdom of darkness, which came into play the moment Adam and Eve bowed their knee in the garden. And now when Jesus went to the cross, he came to restore back the original governing system that was in the earth before they bowed their knees. And that was the kingdom of God. So you have grown up operating according to the kingdom of darkness way of doing things. This, the, this world's governing system. He says, but now that, now that you are a citizen in the kingdom of God, because you have confessed and believed that Jesus lived, died, was resurrected, and now seated at the right hand of the Father, now you have to transition or renew your mind or change your way of thinking to learn how, how do I now operate as a citizen of God operating according to God's government system in the earth. Remember, he says in Matthew chapter nine, as you were Matthew chapter six and verse nine, pray this prayer. He says, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Father, your nature, your culture, your lifestyle be done in the earth, just like it is in heaven. So that your will, your original tent may be carried out. And what is his original tent? That man rule and reign and dominate in the earth, just like it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. Do y'all see that? See, so if you don't understand that there's two government systems that's been, now, I'm gonna help you. The government system of the world is not equal to or greater than the government system of the kingdom of God. It's not. The kingdom of God supersedes it. But if you don't recognize that the key, there is a kingdom of God system in place that's actually on the inside of you, if you don't operate and use the authority that's been given to you by because you have renewed your mind to understand God's way of doing things, you are very much born again. You are on your way to heaven and so glad about it, but you will live like hell on earth, even though you have all the authority all the dominion and all of heaven backing you up to bring about the same results in earth, just like it is in heaven. Do y'all see that? If you don't understand that, you will become, can I say it? You will become very religious. You will go through a whole bunch of rituals. You'll go through a whole bunch of ceremonies, you'll, which even in the kingdom, you reverence the king of kings, you reverence and honor the Lord of lords, but, but you are a citizen. You are a citizen in his kingdom and you have rights as a citizen of the kingdom of God. When you understand that there is a kingdom of God system, then when you read your Bible, you will interpret, interpret and understand the Bible from a kingdom standpoint, which is much different than it is from a religious standpoint. From a religious standpoint, God is responsible for everything. For a kingdom standpoint, you as a citizen can go to the king and make a demand. You as a citizen of the kingdom can go and make a request. That's what prayer is. Prayer in the kingdom are petitions to the king. Do y'all see that? 
So why is it that my life doesn't look any different if you're saying that, you know, uh, there's life after the cross and Jesus came that I might have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. I have this great benefit package and everything that you're talking about. And Jesus came, you know, and he laid down his life that I might have all these things. Why does it look any different? Because if you still are conformed or fashioning your life after the kingdom of darkness, which is the government system in this world system, that you grew up on, I grew up on, and you never transform your mind by the renewing of your mind to the kingdom of God's way of doing things so that you may prove what is God's good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for whatever situation, circumstance, trial, tribulation that you are facing. You will have all that power and you will, you will pass away and you will go, you will transition from this life into the next and you will get to, you will get to heaven and you'll be getting all these, see all these rewards being passed out. And then you're going to look in this storage room and you're going to see all these blessings that he had available to you. And you're going to say, why did you not give me all those things? He says, because you did not operate according to my kingdom way of doing things. It's not in the kingdom. It's not a democracy in the kingdom. When you become a citizen of the kingdom of God, now you are under the rulership of the king. Whatever the king says is final. It's not even up for debate. It's not even up for discussion. The Bible is your constitution agreement with the king of kings. So if you want to see your life changing, if you want to start making different decisions, if you want to start getting different results, then you have got to begin to renew your mind to the kingdom of God's way of doing things. You said, okay, I heard, okay, I heard all what you said. Prove that. Turn with me over to Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter one. How do you know? How do you know? We, there was a kingdom of darkness, and then there's a kingdom of God, and I've been transitioned from darkness into light. I'm so glad you asked me. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 says this. He has delivered us, talking about Jesus. He has delivered us from the power or the authority of darkness and has conveyed or transitioned us over into the kingdom of the son of his love, right over into the kingdom of God, in whom we have what? Redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. So everything that was in the benefit package in Psalms 103, that's yours. And also he's transitioned you from this kingdom under this rulership. And now you have you are a citizen of the kingdom of God, and now your, his super on your natural makes you supernatural, which trumps everything that's going on in the kingdom of darkness. But if you don't understand that that's what's happening, then you will still live very much like the world. Our daily focus has to be when we get up and, and pray in the morning time, now that we are citizens of the kingdom of God, when we get up and, and we, we don't come to God with our laundry list, like he's a, like he's a, a holy Santa Claus or, or he's a genie in the bottle and we rub him three, rub him time and we give us three wishes. That is, that is not how you operate with a king. That is not how you reverence a king. When you reverence him, you're honoring him. Holy is your name. You are to be honored. You are to be exalted. You are to be worshiped. You are to be praised. Now, king, I come to you and I'm praying and I'm petitioning that your kingdom, your nature, your culture and lifestyle comes in my house, in my marriage, with my children, in my finances, with our churches, with our ministry, on my job, and the government. All I'm praying, I'm petitioning you for all those things that your kingdom come, your nature, your culture, lifestyle come, that your will, your original tent from the foundation of the world be done in this area. Mm 
of my life? Concerning my finances. What is your kingdom? What is your what does the constitution say about my finances? When it talks about health, what does the kingdom say about my health? When it talks about my family, what does the kingdom say about my family? When it talks about my community, what does the kingdom say? When it talks about my nation, what does the kingdom say? In fact, he said this. He says, he says this in Ezekiel, I believe it's Ezekiel chapter 22. He says, he said, I sought a man who would stand in the gap and rebuild the wall of righteousness around this nation that I might not destroy it. He says, but I could not find one. What are you saying? I can do nothing in the earth without using a man. I can do nothing in the earth without using a woman. I can do nothing in the earth. Why? Because my original intent was I made a covenant with man and gave, I create, God says, I created the heavens and the earth. In Psalms 115, he says, I created the heavens and the earth. The earth is the Lord's, but the earth I have given it unto men. And I've also given them, according to Genesis 128, I've given them authority and I've given them the dominion to rule and to and to and to uh, and to and, and to multiply and replenish it and to, to, to subdue the earth, to have authority over it, take control over what goes on in the earth. And he's bound by his word and he cannot violate his word. Not one jot, not one tittle. So when you say, God, what are you going to do? He says, you haven't invited me into that situation. You haven't invited me into the situation. You're saying, what do you mean? What I'm saying to you is every day when you pray and you make a petition, Father, I petition that your kingdom come, your rule, your nature, your lifestyle come, that your will, your original intent be done in my life or whatever situation and circumstances, I'm inviting you, I'm giving you legal right to intervene into this situation. I'm giving you legal right to intervene into this situation. And he, you say, well, why don't I see it? Because it may not look exactly like it is that you think it should look because God is not, is not about revenge. He does have vengeance, because he loves justice, but his, but what he'll do with you, if you refuse to try to get revenge, he will bring recompense. In other words, he will restore back to you everything that was lost, everything that was taken, everything that was stolen, everything that was wasted, even if you're the one who messed it up in the first place. But you got to do it God's way. You got to learn the kingdom of God way. In fact, when Jesus came to the earth, glory be to God. Hallelujah. He says this, glory to God. What is God? What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is a governing system set up to meet the needs of mankind apart from the world's system. The kingdom of God is a government system set up to meet the needs of mankind apart from the world system. What is the world system? Buying and selling. What is the world system? Debt. That's what it's based off of. You can see all that. Whatever price is going up. Went to get some, go get some gas today. Gas, $1.80 a liter. You time that times four to get a gallon. You're talking about $7.20 a gallon of gas. Why? Inflation. What they're saying is because of what's going on in another country, but that's not, it has no basis of what goes on in this country because the country has its own oil supply that it's, it's hoarding up and it's sitting on and it's causing the people to spend money that they, they should have to. And they're making laws and, and rules and legislations that go counteract against the kingdom of God's way of doing things. Why are they able to do that? Because the citizens of the kingdom of God are operating just like the world is and using the, word, the, the, the dominion of darkness way of doing things, trying to get kingdom of God results. It's never going to happen. Amen. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. You could argue, protest, scream, cry, the whole nine yards, but until you get God on it, Inter allow God to intervene into that situation and then you humble yourself and do and say only what he tells you to say you do only what he tells you to do and you 
believe him and stop speaking against the very things that you pray. Glory to God. He says, he says, people are praying one way and they're talking another way and their talk after their amen is canceling out everything they said before they said the amen, which causes the ministering angels to be halted and they're standing still waiting for an assignment because they only hearken to the word of God. Jesus only said what the father said to say. He only did what the father told him to do, what he saw the father do. Jesus was a man of very few words. Why? Because words have power. Your words that Adam used, Adam's words were used not to communicate. Adam's words were used to create. In the kingdom of God, your words are used to create. That's why it says in Ephesians chapter four, it says, let no corrupt communications proceed out of your mouth. Ephesians chapter four, verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good to the edification and benefit of the hearer, that administers grace, that administers life, that administers empowerment to those who hear it. So if you're talking and what you're saying is not edifying that person, if it's not building that person up, if it's not exhorting that person, then you are not speaking in line with the kingdom. You are not operating as a citizen of the kingdom of God. Your mind hasn't been renewed and you're still allowing theories and arguments and reasoning and every high thing to exalt itself higher than what it is that the word of God has to say. You can't expect to get God's results if you don't do it God's way. If you're going to have life, the God kind of life, the life that Jesus came to restore unto you, you have to do it God's way. There is no gray when it comes to doing it God's way. There's no gray. There's no gray at all. Jesus had this one mandate. Y'all want to hear Jesus' mandate? This is what we're going to stop. Jesus had one mandate. Are you ready for it? Here's Jesus' mandate. Here's what he said. Hmm. Matthew chapter 4. Jesus had his one mandate. I'm reading now the, uh, the Amplified Version. It says this. From that time, Jesus began to preach. So when Jesus began to preach, what did he preach? Did he preach the cross? Nope. Did he preach remission of sins? Nope. Did he preach born again? Nope. What did he preach? The kingdom, Jesus, this is what Jesus says. He, he preached, crying out, repent. What's the first thing he told him to do? Repent. What's the first thing he told him to do? Change your mind. Change your mind for the better. Heartily amend your ways and in abhorrence of your past sins. He says, why do you need to change your mind? Because the kingdom of heaven is now at hand. Our God's way of doing things is now at hand. In other words, it's now available to you. Now it's before you. God's way of doing things is before you. What did John the Baptist preach when he came? Repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. The law and the prophets was up until John. They preached, they taught the law, preached the law and the prophets up until John. But when John came, what did they begin? What did he preach? John never preached law. John never preached prophet. John only preached one message. The kingdom of God. Repent. Change your mind. Change your, change your actions. Because the kingdom of God is at hand. And what happened as a result of Jesus talking about the fact that the kingdom of God was at hand? Verse 24 says this, it says, and so the report of him, talk about Jesus, spread throughout all Samaria, and they brought him all who were sick, those afflicted with various diseases and torments, those under the powers of demons and uh, uh, epileptics and paralyzed people, and he did what? He healed them all. You said, but that's Jesus. Okay. What did Jesus tell his disciples? Remember, he only said what the father said to say. 
He only did what the father said to do. So what did the father do? He told Jesus, Jesus, this is what, this is what your mission is. You go and preach the kingdom. You tell them, first of all, repent, change your mind. Why? Because the repenting is not crying. You can cry and never repent. You can, you can come to the altar 20 times in, in 30 days and still never repent. Repent means I've, I've heard new information and I'm going to make a decision and ch change in my way of thinking, which is going to cause me to change my, make a change on how I feel, how I make decisions, how I go. It's going to cause it when I hear this new information, it's going to change how I feel. It's going to change my feeler, my chooser, and how I think. From this day forward, the kingdom of God is at hand. I need to learn and understand what's in the kingdom of God. If I want to operate like a citizen of the kingdom of God, I need to understand what is, what's in the kingdom of God. What did Jesus come to set up? When he says in Matthew chapter 16, he did not say, I came to set up a religion. I did not come to set up Christianity. I did not come and set up, you know, uh, Baptists. I did not come up and set up Episcopalians. Uh, I did not come and set up Catholics. I did not come and set up Methodists. I did not come and set up Apostolics. I did not come and set up any of those things. All those things are denomination and all of it is man-made. Jesus says, I came. He says, upon this one revelation, I'm going to build my government assembly. I'm going to build my church. That word church is ecclesia. It means government assembly. Upon this government assembly, because I came to establish the kingdom of God, I'm going to set up this government assembly to go out and do the dictates and the orders of the king of the government. What was the revelation? that he is Christ, the son of the living God. What was the great mystery? What was the manifold, manifold wisdom of God that's gonna be displayed before by the church, by the government assembly, before all principalities and powers? Christ, the hope of glory in you. What is that? Christ, the hope of glory. Christ on the inside of you, restored back to you. What was the thing that Adam and Eve lost in the garden? The spirit of God in them. The spirit of God in them. The moment they sinned, transgressed the law, the one law of the kingdom he gave them, there was a separation. And they was transitioned over into the kingdom of darkness, even though it, they had all authority, all dominion to speak and tell the serpent to shut up and get out. And he would have had to obey. How does God get rulership in the earth today? Christ, the hope of glory on the inside you gives him rulership through men in the earth. Because in order for a spirit to be in the earth, it has, legally, it has to have a body. In order for the kingdom of God to have expression in the earth, he has to do it through a body, a human body. That's why it says in John 10, 10, you have to come through the door. What is the, what is the door? A woman's womb. You got to come through the door. Anything else other than that is a thief and a robber. Because Satan, that's how he came. He came and he got the serpent to yield his body to him. He could not be in the earth any other way. He knew it. So he had to get the somebody to cooperate with him. The serpent did. He paid the ultimate price. Jesus' mission was, he preached this one message, the kingdom of God. Repent, kingdom of God is at hand. What is the one message that Ignite will preach? Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. 
repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And this is what happens in the kingdom. And from a kingdom standpoint, this is how you operate with your spouse. And from a kingdom standpoint, this is how you operate with your finances. And from a kingdom standpoint, this is how you operate with those who are in authority. And as a kingdom standpoint, this is what you do. As citizens of the kingdom, this is what you do. You said, but that was Jesus. Jesus did told his disciples to do the exact same thing. He told his disciples in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, he says, and Jesus summoned to his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure all kinds of disease and all kinds of weakness and infirmity. Had they been born again yet? Nope. No. Had Jesus gone to the cross yet? No. Nope. What happened? What else did he tell them? Verse seven. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons, freely without pay you have received it, freely without charge you give it. So Jesus told his disciples, the same thing I'm doing, that's what you do. The same thing I did, that's what you do. Why? Because you're operating in a kingdom that's greater than the kingdom, our worlds, or the cosmos, the government system of this world. You said, Pastor, that sounds all good and fine, but what does it have to do with me? I'm not, I wasn't one of his disciples. Well... Let me tell you what he said to them after he came and resurrected from the cross. There's only one mandate Jesus had. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. I'm going to show you how to operate according to the kingdom. That's why he was born as a child. He grew in knowledge, wisdom, and understanding and favor with God. And what did he do? He went about, he went about, he went about teaching. What did he teach? The kingdom of God is at hand. He demonstrated it. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. What did he say to the disciples, Jerry, after he, after he was resurrected from the cross? Acts chapter one. He's, verse two, he says this. Until the day in which he was taken up, after, he, after through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days. And what did he do? And speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. When his ministry started, he started preaching the kingdom of God. When he taught his disciples, his followers, what did he teach them? Go, preach, repent, the kingdom of God. When he went down to hell, when he went to the cross, nailed on the cross, went down to hell, was resurrected, laid his blood on the mercy seat, came back to the disciples, gave them instructions to go to Jerusalem to be endued with power. What was he still talking to them about? The kingdom of God. What did Paul preach the kingdom of God. What did Paul teach? He talked about Jesus. But he preached the kingdom. If you don't understand that part right there, even after you come to the cross, lay your life down before him, Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, even though the Holy Spirit can only lead you based off of the kingdom of God. Even though God will only talk to you based off of the kingdom of God, you will still, if you have not renewed your mind or begin the process of renewing your mind to God's nature, lifestyle, and culture, way of doing things on in heaven just like and operate like it just on, on earth, just like it is in heaven, you will still operate very much according to this world's government system, which by the way is 
destined to fail. It's failing every day. And God is like, I need you to teach my people kingdom. And we've been doing it for five years. And then people will say, but teach us about the kingdom. Go back and listen to five years of messages. It's all through there. Kingdom. We only understand kingdom. Kingdom. Kingdom of God. And that is part one of life after the cross. The greatest makeover. God came to give, offer you the greatest makeover. Even though your life has been marred, even though it seems like your life has fallen apart, he says, man, I sent my son Jesus to pay the price for you, for every sin, iniquity, transgression, for, for every sickness and disease that you will ever experience in your body. I already sent my son Jesus to pay for it all. Why would you try to pay for something that you're not qualified to pay for? He says, but, all you, but you have to make a decision to receive the free gift that's offered to you. Grace made it available to you. Grace has made it available, has made it available to you. Grace operates according to the, is part of the kingdom. Faith is part of the kingdom. Prosperity is part of the kingdom. Healing is part of the kingdom. All those things are not individual things in and of themselves. They are all parts and components of the kingdom of God. There's life after the kingdom. There's life after the, there's life after the cross, pardon me. There's life after the cross. But you only are able to partake of that life when you begin to renew your mind to God's way of doing things. And part of that, in order for you to even qualify for that, well, you got to become born again. The one time that Jesus talked about born again, he, he talked about born again for what purpose? The only way you're going to be able to understand God's nature, lifestyle, and culture, his way of doing things, is you got to be born again first. Like parables. Parables are stories of truth. It's all truth, but it's truth that's hidden to those who aren't ready to receive it. To them, it's just a great story. But the moment they make a decision, you know what? I really want to know what that parable really means. Then the truth is revealed to them. But to those who have who who believed on Jesus, for those who accepted what it is he did for the cross, the truth has been revealed unto you, but you have to make a decision to renew your mind. See, the adversary doesn't come, come at you just talking about healing if you're not talking about a word healing according to the kingdom, prosperity according to the kingdom, marriage according to the kingdom. You're no threat to him. But when you begin to understand kingdom mentality, kingdom way of doing things, you are a threat. Because now you can tear his kingdom down. And you will. Simply by operating according to the kingdom, you will begin to tear the kingdom of darkness down. I'd like to give you an opportunity to become a citizen of that kingdom right now in the name of Jesus. How do you do that? Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10 tells you how to, how to become a citizen of the kingdom. Even if you say, I've been born again before, or I prayed a prayer before, but you like to now step into that new life in abundance to the full, until it overflows that Jesus offered you in Romans as you were in John chapter 10 and 10. Man, I'd like to give you this opportunity to join us in with us right now as we pray this prayer and start the journey to learning to repenting for the kingdom of God is at hand so that we might begin to live life after the cross. Say this prayer with me, say, say it out of your mouth, mean it from your heart in accordance to Romans chapter 10 verses 8, 9, and 10, which says, the word of God is near you. It's in your heart, it's in your mouth, the word of faith, which we preach, that if you will confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Be this, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross 
and carry my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I repent of sin. I receive your offer of forgiveness. I receive healing. I receive redemption from destruction. Right now, I receive your loving kindness and tender mercies. Right now, I'm born again. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. And I'm in right standing with him right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, if you pray that prayer for the very first time, or you rededicated your life, this is day one for you. We want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you, welcome you into the kingdom of God, welcome you back into the right relationship, and welcome you into the, into the assembly, the governing assembly of the kingdom of God. What do you do now? What's my next step? Man, you got to get involved with a word-based church. We'll teach you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ but also will teach you about the kingdom of God and how to operate according to the love of God, which one is, is one of the greatest laws of the kingdom, to love others just like Christ loved you. Man, we believe Ignite Depot is that place. So if you're in the, in, in the Ottawa area, we'd love to have you join us every Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. That's 5 p.m. every Saturday afternoon. Uh, we'll, you'll hear a life-giving and life-changing word or if you're too far and you got to catch us online, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, in Jesus' name. Or, you know, man, you might be working and you might only be able to listen to it by way of podcast. Check out Ignite to Life. That's Ignite, the number two life uh, podcast on any uh, podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, you name it, it's out there in the name of Jesus. On behalf of Minister Juin and myself and the entire Ignite Nation, we want to thank you for joining us today. And remember, there's life after the cross. We'll see you next week. God bless.